This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the guy who's cooking up some rocket fuel for breakfast, Dave McCann. He cooks the toast. You know, when, <laughs> when back in the day when, when we were students here and, and a lot of people get married at BYU, I you know, breaking news, but, but uh, the women would kind of like, well, what kind of work ethic does, does, does the guy have? Mm-hmm. And the guy might be, well, what kind of, uh, what is she like in the kitchen type thing? And uh, this would be a red flag, this, this cooking with rocket fuel in the kitchen. Yeah. If, I, if I'm calling home going, hey, uh, my fiance burned down the apartment because she was cooking with rocket fuel. I'd expect my parents to say, "Run, uh, yeah, run away, avoid this." Uh, so yeah, so this uh, this little incident on campus, uh, everyone was okay. So we can joke about For it. For those that don't know, yeah, there, there was, was there was, there was a, a situation who was using rocket fuel in his kitchen. All of a sudden, everything's on fire. Luckily, no one's hurt. He was creating rocket fuel. Was it a he or a she? I thought. It was oh, I guess she. I don't know. I thought was it, it was a she? With I don't the know. Fuel, but I don't know. Either way, the rocket fuel is a bad it, idea. I assumed it was stupid. Therefore, it was a boy. Is that a fair? <laughs> is that a fair assessment? Anyway. Um, yeah, somebody did. It's better than cooking meth at the Riviera Apartments. Yeah. Okay, that happened a couple years ago as well. And we look, don't condone you, either of these actions. You can do micro. You can do popcorn in the microwave now. There's no reason to bring rocket fuel into your evening. <laughs> So BYU men's hoops seeking a <laughs> rocket fuel injected finish to the season. Okay. It is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. That makes it a different day. It's 2-22-22, which brings us to an early question of the day. Who's your favorite number two in BYU sports? Weigh in. We will have a top five, top five number twos in BYU history. And there's more up. number twos than you might think. Right? There's there's a pretty good list of who could make that list. We've had some good responses. Of course, at Post Jimmer, who used to be at... Uh, you know, like pro Matt Carlino. Yeah. That was his thing. He goes, there's only one answer, Matt Carlino. <laughs> Coming up on the show today, we update bracketology with more than just Joe Lenardi's bracket. We'll look around. Let's see if anyone has BYU in, if they share the same opinion as Joe Lenardi. Is it as bad as it feels right now? Number two, Travis Hansen joins us. Top five Tuesday, as mentioned, coming up as well. Here are some explosive headlines. In the latest Joe Lenardi bracketology, the BYU men move up one spot from third team out to second team out for Yay. the tournament. That's moving. That's trending. Going. That's trending in the right direction. CBS's Jerry Palm has the Cougars as one of the first four playing in in the play-in games. Uh, we'll look at all that stuff coming up, kind of see where the numbers are. I like Jerry Palm. We'll invite him over for lunch. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else? Right now. Not so much. Good graces. He's <laughs> in the good graces. Women's Hoops climbs a single spot from 20 to 19 in the AP. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Despite six of eight teams in front of BYU losing. It's just silly. Latest bracketology from Charlie Cream. This is fresh as of this morning. Off the vine. BYU a five seed still. So BYU can't buy a bucket. They can on the court, but not in the polls and bracketology. Cougars play at Santa Clara and Pacific this week to close out the regular season. Crazy to think you'll be in Vegas next week calling games in the WCC. That is crazy. That is crazy. And the Cougs need to play well, but I feel like they're stuck at five. Mm. It feels like that's where they're going to be. Yeah. Until you get to the tournament and just win and win and win and change the fact that more teams in Stanford play basketball out west. Until that happens, oh we're stuck at number 19 and sitting at a five seat. <sighs> we got more on that coming up. How about the gymnastics team? They're up to number 12 in the country. Ooh. Seems like every sport on campus just climbing the national polls. They scored a 196.252. 
at the Stanford Quad Meet. Team also received multiple MRGC Gymnast of the Week awards. Sadie Minor Van Tassel, Gymnast of the Week for the sixth straight week. Yes. Brittany Bitkowskis is the floor specialist. Sydney Benson, the vault specialist. Elise Rollins, the beam specialist. BYU Gymnastics on the move. Someday they're going to beat Utah. Someday. Someday. Yeah, absolutely. They're trending that way. Let's go. Let's do it. Baseball does, speaking of, what Utah <laughs> couldn't beats Ohio State. 9-6 in baseball. Waiting for the Utes to enter the chat here. Thanks to a grand slam from Hayden Latham in the first inning. Homers by Austin Deming and Cole Gamble as well. That always helps when you have a, a grand slam and a three run. It really does help. Cougars now head to Arizona State for a big three-game series starting Thursday on BYU Radio. We don't think the Buckeyes sat 33 players either. <laughs> we do not. Women's indoor track and field ranked 10th in the latest USTFCCCA coaches poll. First of all, polls should not be that long. I don't care what <laughs> league it is. The women won their first ever MPSF indoor title over the weekend. The Cougars just win. Love it. Softball's ranked 24th, speaking of, climbing into the polls after winning eight in a row in the D1 softball poll. Also, Autumn Moffat Korth is the WCC Pitcher of the Week. BYU will play in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic in Cathedral City, California this weekend. Men's volleyball stays at number 13 after a couple of losses at number six, UC Santa Barbara. The Cougars begin MPSF play against number nine, Grand Canyon, Friday and Saturday at nine Eastern time, seven Mountain, live on BYU TV. They're rebuilding, but when they're yes. rebuilding, they're still in the top 13. There's some good uh, talent on this team. They're just a little young, yeah. figuring it out. And finally, the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby announced Paul Lasique is returning to play for the team in March after spending nearly four years playing for Harlequins in the English Premiership. This is massive news to have Paul Lasique, one, back in Major League Rugby, and two, with the Utah Warriors, where he played in 2018. May whoever he runs into. Oh. Rest in peace. I already heard from one member of the team last night. He's going to change everything for this team. It's going to be fun to watch. I happen to call the games for that team, so I'm particularly oh, yeah. excited. That's about awesome. It. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Okay, we focused on ESPN's Joe Lenardi and what he's saying in bracketology for the most part on this show which is because Joe's the biggest name in the game. But we haven't really looked around at the other brackets as much to see where BYU stands. So let's take a look and assess, and then let's ask ourselves if it's still as bad as it feels right now. As mentioned in headlines, Jerry Palm of CBS Sports has BYU in as a 12 seed. It's one of the last four in. He's kind of the only guy that has BYU in among the main ones. Andy Katz, as of uh, you know Saturday night, has BYU second out. Stadium has BYU as second out. Uh, you know, heat check, college basketball, BYU second out. So, <sighs> feels about the same. But uh, does looking at the other brackets make you more or less hopeful for BYU's tournament chances? Uh, no. I, it doesn't. <laughs> I th we're, we're, we've lost five of the last seven, <sighs> and that's the, that's the number that I, that I look at. If it was reverse and we'd won five of seven and we're sitting on the bubble, we're like, oh, we, sh we should be in. We're trending. On in. our way. We're trending. Yeah. We get two more wins this week, we'll be in. But this is the opposite of that. And uh, it just feels like um, that's the way it's going. It's going to the NIT. Not that, that that was the goal before the season started, but this team uh, is playing like a really, really good NIT team in the last month. Fair assessment. And, and so we look at all these numbers and we want, you know, that's why Jerry Palm's our friend. We're going to send him a fruit basket for in a couple, couple more days. A couple years ago, we were not no, friends we were not his friend. Jerry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing with, with, with this team. And, and um, I, at, at some point, 
we're going to have to take disappointment of not making the big dance and move it over here to the reality pile of this team is overachieved. Mark Pope may have done his best coaching uh, in his young career this year in having to shuffle everybody on the fly and still find a way to win, what, they'll have 21 wins probably by Saturday night. Um, and some of those were pretty good wins. They weren't the big meat wins like yep. against Gonzaga, but nobody's beating Gonzaga. But there were a couple of disappointing losses in there too. And you go, how could Mark Pope – look what he's working with and look what they've done. Yeah. And the reality is they may be a top seed in the NIT. Right now they're an NIT team. And um, that's just the reality of it all. And, and, and a win Thursday night, which we expect, and a win Saturday, yeah. which we expect. Yeah. Success in Vegas is expected. Um, will that be enough to push them back into this, this group? I don't know. Uh, but it's trending the NIT is what it's trending. Our, uh, our crack research staff informs us that there's a website called thebarkingcrow.com, <laughs> and they project NIT. I'm concerned that they even the know barking that. Crow. Ah! <laughs> uh, they're two-seed in that. Okay? I don't, I don't know. Which brings me to one of my uh, favorite Jack Candy quotes. All the... All the crows are calling my name, thought Carl. It's, it's just so good. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Should we be in that, uh, as you mentioned, the, the move the pile to the reality phase? Should we be? I, I think we're in that phase as, as a fan base of, well, shoot, after Saturday, it's probably not happening. Now, Spencer and I uh, elaborated yesterday about, okay, if BYU can get San Francisco in a quarterfinal, if BYU can win Friday, play San Francisco in a quarterfinal as the five playing the four who comes in, You've got a top 50 quad one game sitting there. San Francisco's net is top 30, yeah. or, or sorry, top 35, which is incredible. There's a, it has to be top 50, but you quad one on Selection Sunday. I don't see if BYU beat San Francisco there, them dropping out of the top 50. So that's a chance to perhaps get yourself back in. But I, I argued this, Dave, and I want to get your thought on this. I think BYU does not benefit and is hurt from the fact that this will happen on a Saturday Eight days before Selection Sunday. I just think BYU will be forgotten about yeah. because of the timing of that. Do you agree or disagree? I, I agree. And, and, and they could beat St. Mary's, too, on a neutral floor. On the Monday. On the Monday, uh, which would put them in the, in well, the championship game. Well, I mean, here, in theory, those could happen if Foose was playing at 100%. Right. And I, I don't think BYU would be on St. Mary's side of the bracket. That's my concern. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're it, probably right. If, if – uh, yeah, because he lined up with the Gonzaga in the semis. If BYU still had St. Mary's in the semi, I would be much more hopeful about this situation right. because they are a top you know, 25 net team and you'd have a shot there. Obviously, the way they played Saturday, get, you know, at, at times played terribly. At, at times played like the NIT team at, and at the end almost played like the NCAA tournament team that we, yeah. we were hoping they could be. But if you line up with Gonzaga in the semi, that's the end of the road. If Foose isn't healthy – uh, he needs a really good week because I think he lost a lot sitting out for a young player to miss a couple of games, and, and, and he wasn't the same against St. Mary's. He was a different foos than played St. Mary's up here when BYU beat him. Yes. If, if this week he can get his groove back and BYU goes into Vegas with somewhat of a front line, they can win Friday night, and then they, they could beat San Francisco. They beat him in San Francisco, and they got, they got beat here. you got to guard the three. But they could beat if, if they have a healthy front line. But if they don't, I don't know if they'll get through Friday uh, because there's no team afraid of them anymore so long as they double-team Alex and then the rest are 
either banged up or dealing with confidence issues or they've beat them before. So the, the, it's not like, oh, my gosh, we got to play BYU on Friday night. It might be sweet. I'd rather play them Santa, than Santa Clara if oh, you're yeah. a team that's got to play somebody on Friday night. There's a wounded animal right now. Every yeah. team that could match up with them is going, we could pick them off. Yeah. Whereas in December, they don't want any piece of them. Nope. November, I don't want any part of BYU. Nope. But this is a different BYU team. It's a different lineup. And um, and, and and now, you know, they're, they're in the corner. Um, and how much fight do they have? And, and, and I'm, I'm curious to see how they play Thursday night in a game where they should – should should win comfortably at home, but they might not. But they've got to play good basketball. Where they walked off the field court, going, "Okay, we played good tonight." Never mind who it was. And Saturday, okay, we played good. Tonight. We can go to Vegas and play good, as opposed to I don't know how we're going to play tonight. BYU needed a 19 and 12 from Foose to beat LMU in overtime. Yeah, they don't have the same Foose, uh, you know, pre-injury. That injury, I guess, happened sometime in that game or or between games. Our question of the day: Who's your favorite number two in BYU sports history? Looking up the jerseys, you got to look up who number two is, right? Let's get to your responses and voice of the of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Nick Newman eight hundred one, shout out to Elkridge Middle School. As a kid, I wanted to be the most famous number two at BYU, but I'll have to give that to Cody Hoffman. It's a good choice today, Cody Hoffman. That's an excellent choice. Got all the records. If Austin Collie had stayed another year, I do believe Austin would have those records. Played three years. Cody took all those records in four. You called the touchdown. I remember Blaine I remember and I went against Boise State. State and it was yeah. an awesome catch. Great catch. It was a great catch. So. Cody was awesome. At Tyson Peterson. I've got to go with Zach Wilson on the Jets. Oh! oh he's, he's going outside the league. The Jets number two version of Zach, right? Interesting. It's still amazing. He was drafted second overall. There's that number again. We may never see that again. That's a, that's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the elite voice of the day later? I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's see. Yesterday's was You sketchy. can't not continue watching this program to find out. That's, that's a teaser. Yeah. Of all teases. Speaking of teases, uh, the watch party at Texas Tech and uh, perhaps a sign of things to come when BYU joins the Big 12. This is an incredible uh, video that came out. And we celebrate 2 22 with one of the great BYU numbers twos. Travis Hansen joins the program. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel review the St. Mary's game and that tight finish, and they preview the final week of the regular season tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We're in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann. It is 2-2-22. No, 2-22-22. Right. So we're going to talk to one of the best number twos in BYU history. His name is Travis Hansen. Shout out to Mapleton, right? <laughs> Mapleton's where it's at, Trav. What's up, man? <laughs> Shout out to Mapleton. Shout out to Eddie. You know, little, yep. all my sponsors, City of Mapleton. <laughs> little NIL action post uh, BYU never hurt. He's anybody, all business. Right? He's all business now. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Let, let, let's talk about twos. We're, uh, you know, number two. We, okay. Uh, spoiler alert. You're one of the top five number twos in BYU history. According to our list. That's coming up later in the program. We'll see where you are. Are you number one? Are you number five? Are you in between? Are you, are you number two? Why'd you? Yeah. Are you number two? <laughs> Why, why'd you pick number two in the end? Um, I picked number two because I wanted, uh, for my family, uh, we were 23 and 24 
Um, my little sisters were 23 and 24. I couldn't choose. I was 24 in high school. And so uh, I just picked the top one, number two, so I could uh, support both of them. And so they wouldn't get jealous or they wouldn't, you know, fight over who their older brother liked most. <laughs> there are a lot of number twos in your, in your life. You're a two-time West Coast Con or Mountain West Conference champion, a second round pick in the NBA, uh, number one in a bunch of things, including your home court record. But uh, uh, outside of you, who's your favorite number two at BYU? Ooh, that's, a, that's I don't know. Um, probably Shaylee right now. Nice. Shaylee Gonzalez had a great year. Love watching her play. Love to see the success of the women's team. My little sisters played there. And so, Probably right now, Shaley, but Cody Hoffman's up there. Cody was awesome back in his day. He knows his twos. Yes, he does. He knows Not bad. Twos. Travis is, is either vetted or knowledgeable or both. Uh, we're talking to Travis. Unless I, unless I miss somebody. I might have missed somebody. I'm sorry if I did. There's plenty of twos out there, I'm sure. We're talking to Travis Hansen here on BYU Sports Nation. Obviously, we want to get your thoughts on kind of BYU hoops. Certainly not in a great spot heading into the last week of the regular season, but Hopefully the Cougs can win two this week and then somehow get a matchup with maybe San Francisco and Vegas, get another quad one opportunity. You've been on teams that were fighting and scratching and clawing for opportunities to get into the NCAA tournament. What's it like at the end of a season like this when you're just hoping for a shot? You know, it could be frustrating at times because they've dealt with a lot of ups and downs and challenges. I think they're a top 10, 15, 20 team with Gavin Baxter and Harvard, but they've had injuries and, and I think they've expected, you know, Gideon, George, and Caleb to to come a lot farther than they have, and and uh, to be a little bit more uh, contributors than they have. And so it's just been a little bit of a frustrating season than they had anticipated. But it's not over, and you got to peak at the right times. And and there's a lot more basketball to be played. So we got a great team. Thank goodness, Alex Barcelo came back, and he's been phenomenal. I love watching him play. And um, you know. We'll, we'll see how they end up, but it's all about peaking at the right time, the right rhythm, playing together, fighting till the very end, and you never know what can happen. I was watching the Super Bowl, and I thought you did great at halftime uh, with <laughs> with Eminem. I, I know you got tired there at the end, uh, but uh, when you go back to your playing days, and everyone said, "Well, yeah, that's what Travis looks like. He looks like Eminem." But this attitude, this freestyle play that that you brought to to the basketball team, uh, infectious on the others, but you always look like you're having a good time playing. And I know it's hard for Alex Barcelo to look like he's having a great time playing because the team has, has been losing, lost five of their last seven. But but when you're, when you're a great player with all that kind of talent, just to let it loose, uh, I, I, thought, uh, I thought you were the epitome of that. You're kind. Um, just like Eminem, you know, we, we, we don't like – uh, rules and, and uh, <laughs> you to hold us back, you know, uh, you got one shot to, to make it in this life. And, and so my mom taught me how to be a fighter. I, I didn't have any fear. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't looking to, um, you know, if people ranked me or they didn't, if, if I wanted to write my own story, uh, some people said you, you weren't good enough. You weren't tall enough. You weren't fast enough. And, and I just never listened to the, to the haters or, or, or the, the noise in all reality, I wanted to write my own story. I think this team and Alex Barcelo um, can write their own story. It, we don't know how it ends. It's up to them. Um, I, I really love Caleb Lohner and Gideon George. I, I, I love 
uh, their talent and and um, their ability to really play this beautiful game. And so in reality, I played the way I think it should be played is it just absolute no fear. Um, I love competing. I love fighting and I love to try to win. And so if these guys can capture that and get it back into their soul and their minds and get mentally right, I, I think, you know, they can be anybody on this earth. That's the greatest thing about basketball is you never know who who's going to win. And um, it's all about peaking at the right time. No fear reminds me of, you know, the brand in like the nineties. I was expecting maybe you to have like a shirt or something for that as well, but maybe next time. That's what, that's what Eddie means. <laughs> maybe, maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alex Barcelo, uh, hopefully he's got a shot in the NBA. The reality is he's probably a, a guy that's going to play internationally. You played in the NBA uh, for a little bit, but mostly internationally uh, in Spain and Russia and whatnot. What advice would you give to a guy like Alex in the opportunity to pursue a professional career that may be overseas? We'll see. And you can still have great success like you did. Alex Barcelo, advice I'd give AB. Number one, he married really well. We love Zoe, and, and they've been over here for dinner with our family. And um, Number two, I'd say control what you can control, um, which is just today. Finish your season outright put the little deposits in every single day, improve every day and, and great things happen. Um, much like the gospel, uh, you know, the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, when you do those deposits every single day, um, once in a while you feel the spirit and the talk or testimony and the same thing in, in these games, AB will go off for, for 30, like you did a, a few weeks ago, or you'll have a real uh, an incredible moment. And it reminds you why you play the game. It reminds you of that little boy that grew up loving the sport and it was the, those moments that, that, that get you addicted to it. And similar to the gospel, you know, I have these moments where I remember why I'm, a, why I'm a member and why I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I would tell AB to control the controllable, to love the moments, put deposits in every day. And, um, and when you work hard like that, great things happen. And I think AB will have a phenomenal career. As long as he gets a good agent, surrounds himself with good people uh, like Zoe listens to her uh, more than anyone else. He, uh, I'm excited. He'll make a lot of money. And, and I, I believe AB is one of those unique guys will have a great career in basketball, but he'll even have a better career in business afterwards. Um, my dad told me at one point in time, um, you'll make more money in business than you made playing basketball. And I thought, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Uh, but those attributes and characteristics and skills you learn by playing this sport really flow into all aspects of life and give you a, an incredible advantage. Well, speaking of business, and, and you have business going on all over the world, um, a lot of it has to do with helping uh, kids in, um, in orphanages. And, and you were a big basketball star over in Moscow. A fan of yours is Vladimir Putin um, and, and a lot of Russian executives. You have Russian citizenship and they wanted you to play for them in the Olympics. I, I think your story is so fascinating. But each morning as you wake up and, and put the news on and you see what Russia is doing, um, you know, at the border of the Ukraine. And those are people that you know and you still have interest over there. What what goes through your mind as you see something like this uh, because of your experience there? Oof, a, a range of emotions. Um, you're you're sad for the people, uh, for the 
possible confrontation and 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 for you know the possible impact that some of those decisions that political leaders uh, are, are having on their personal lives because you want them to be happy. They're, they're my friends. Uh, I love them. I, I care about them, and so I want them to be successful and happy and have every opportunity. And and sometimes due to leadership and egos and political climates, uh, it affects all of us on a personal level. It also uh, one of the motions it brings is gratitude. I'm so thankful for United States of America that live in this wonderful country with freedoms and people that are willing to fight and stand up and and uh, for what they believe. So thankful for you know all the opportunities I have and freedoms I have and my family has. Um, we love Russia. They treated us so very well over there. And we pray and hope that they don't go to war. That it can be, you know, the debates or uh, hurt feelings or history or, you know, Putin not liking NATO and, and possibly, you know, the Western influence up tight to his border that, that he can, you know, handle it in different ways um, and not, 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 not use, you know, weapons and, and war to 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 communicate. So we we love those people. You know, we love the members of the church over there, and just praying for them at this time. Dr. Travis Hansen on BYU Sports Nation. You were featured on Netflix's Dream Home Makeover, uh, your house in Mapleton, which I drive by sometime, and I'm like, at some point, I'm going to play on that basketball court in the barn. <laughs> um, do you get more questions about that episode of TV or your playing career at this point? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I mean, Netflix <laughs> has been funny, man. Like everyone from my mission to people that I played with, Pablo Prigioni and Luis Scola and Jason Terry from Atlanta Hawks have texted me and said, "Bro, nice house. I'm gonna build it. When I'm gonna build a full uh, football stadium attached to my house." <laughs> <in> my- <laughs> so we've got teased a little bit because we do have a full court basketball court attached to our home, but we've used it a ton tonight. We have a, a wonderful group called Adaptive Special Needs Kids. There'll be 29 of them that will come in. We'll do a basketball camp at our house. And, That's cool. And uh, spend time with them. So, you know, we it's blessed my life. You know, my dad grew up on a farm in Boise, Idaho, um, and him, him and his brothers uh, worked on the alfalfa farm. Um, me and my kids, we play basketball. It's what we do. And, and I woke up this morning at 4.50, got my work in, workout in at 5 to 6. And then from 6 to 8, I got to work out my son, Mason, who's 14, year old, 14 years old and spend time with him. So it's been, it's been a blessing. Netflix was funny. It put us you know, uh, in, in touch with a lot of amazing people that we had not been in touch with. And so it's been a blessing in our life, tell you the truth. It's been fun. Hey, Utah Valley Magazine named you one of the coolest over. entrepreneurs in 2018. Are you still Are maintaining you still, that status? You still cool, Trap? No, I think at some point when you turn 40, you're just old. My 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 eight-year-old, Zach, I said the other day, I'm like, bro, you can't hit a shot. And he's like, at least I don't have a dad body. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's cold. Wow. What you, you say? Jaron, you can come over, but you yeah. better make a shot. The last, I'll, the I'll make a shot. Don't worry. Yeah. Did, it, he, he was like, oh, for 10. So no, please I, don't. I'm, I'm making a shot. Jeez. Come on. I'll go at least two for 10. Come on, man. Don't uh, hurt our walls. And hey, Clay Thompson worked out in your barn one time, right? <laughs> yep. Clay. It's pretty cool. Quite a few, yeah. We've had a five, quite a few different guys. Jake Toulson uh, did a lot of his workouts before uh, getting signing on with the Jazz. And Skyler Halford's here all the time. Uh, it's all family, baby. He awesome. has. 
That's great. Great connections. Well, I'll come down the road one day and I'll just knock on the door. Maybe at 6 a.m. because I know you're up working out one of your kids. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And anyone, anyone that thinks they're better than me, then, you know, number two, they can always come over and we can compete. <laughs> Shaylee's going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. All right, Trav. Bring Shaylee. You know, tell Shaylee, let's go. Absolutely. Trav, <laughs> we appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. See ya. Great Travis Sanson on BYU Sports Nation. Great ambassador for BYU. 100%. Shameless plug for the Deep Blue podcast I did with oh, yeah. him. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. I learned so much about his experiences in Spain. By the way, he has a kid on a mission in Barcelona right now. That's awesome. That's pretty special. And then, of course, yeah, what, what he did with the house, which is cool. He's been extremely uh, successful post-playing career. Yep. And obviously, you asked him about Russia. He, I mean, there's a connection there where the, he has connections with the government because he played on a team that was owned by the government. Yeah. And the church has uh, questions about connecting, trying to get a temple done. And they go through Travis, and there's a temple there. So I was like, Trav, are you the reason there's a temple you want in Russia? Trav, and he's like, no. But go to the podcast. Yeah, che check it out. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, coming up, who's the number one, number two in BYU history? The number one, number two. I like that. And who gets our vote for w Women's West Coast Conference Player of the Year? It's a debate among teammates. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. On the latest BYU SN right now, the ups and downs of BYU hoops, including a record crowd on senior night for women's basketball, which was awesome, and celebrating multiple titles over the weekend. Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook with Kiki Solano. Incredible imagery from Saturday. Just yeah. what an amazing day in the Marathon. So cool to be there. It was it was it was Jeff Judkins' finest hour. It was great. So awesome. Okay, he is Dave. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Should BYU fans be frustrated that the women's team was only moved up one spot in the new AP Top 25 after picking up their 23rd win of the season. By 24 points, by the way. Uh, yes. Yes, BYU should be frustrated. Now, I just want this team to be in the top 16 and be a four seed. Now, ranking different than seeding, but seeding is still a five according to Charlie Cream. He's the only women's bracketologist that we know of. So that part is frustrating. If BYU is ranked 19th but ends up a four, I don't care. What I don't get is if your net is nine, and your national ranking in the AP is 19. Why is there a gulf between those two numbers? I could see one's an algorithm, one's an opinion, but you're right. I, I just, I, I don't think BYU should be ninth, but I do think they should be like 13. Yeah, or, or at least 15 where they've never been before. Never been ranked higher than 16. They've gotten there twice this year. Maybe the, they run into this The wall. voters knew that and they were like, nah, There's something sorry. Something going on. Someone's got something against us. It feels like it, but I don't want to have a cougar board take on it either. Who's your West Coast Conference <laughs> Women's Basketball Player of the Year? Shayla Gonzalez or Paisley Harding? You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna suggest something here. I'm going to suggest that the league give them co-player of the year honors. Teammates. Teammates. Instead of like, last year, Shaley was a co with yep. uh, somebody, I think, from Gonzaga. Yes. Teammates, which I don't know has ever happened before. But if you look at the numbers in conference play, mm -hmm. Shaley's averaging 18.6, Paisley 17.9. And then their numbers are so close across the board in yes. field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage, and they're number four and five in the league in assists. So they're scoring and they're passing. We saw plenty of that Saturday when they when they beat Gonzaga. Um, Paisley went to 
Gonzaga got stitches in her face, came out and beat the Bulldogs almost by herself. Yep, that uh, was wild. had 35 down there at St. Mary's, beat the Gales almost by herself. Mm -hmm. So they've had big moments, but but you take one of them away from the team, and it's it's not the same team. Still a good team, still probably the best team in the league. But with those two players, they're elite, and. Um, I think they both deserve player of the year. That could be pretty cool. If, if they give it to just one, it'd probably be Shaley because she's a hair ahead of Paisley right. in some of those things. And they do league numbers only. And in league only, Shaley's number one in assists, number one in, uh, number three in steals. So those two may give her a tiny edge, but I think it'd be pretty cool if they did co. That'd be pretty awesome. And it would be totally understandable if they did co. They're both on the road this week as the Cougars look to wrap up conference play. Hey, by the way, don't go to sleep after beat Gonzaga. You still got to win these two. Uh, two more games. Get yeah. the one seed. Uh, the USFL draft is tonight. Any Cougars getting drafted? I don't know. Uh, it's not going to be dudes that are trying to make the NFL this year. If you're James Empey, you're not like, yeah, I'm going to the USFL. No. It's guys like, I don't know, if Micah Simon still wants to play and had a cup of coffee or post them, as we say here in the NFL last year or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see if there's anybody. I'm guessing no, but maybe. Hey, my, my message to the USFL is Steve Young is not walking through that door. <laughs> Good luck. Are they still paying Steve? Or is that over? Are. Like, is that contract over? When was that? I 80, eternal. I, 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 83. Is he done next year if it was 40 years? Remember the 40-year deal? Yeah. Is that a thing? Next year is let's the 40th ask him. year? Next time we're on the show, let's see where he's at. Okay. Texas Tech fans held a packed watch party at what looked like a local mall for the Texas Tech-Texas game. Uh, is this what Big 12 Hoops is about, and where should BYU plan its first Hoops watch party in 2023? Take this a look is at incredible. It. This is Big 12 Hoops and what it's all about when your coach leaves for the other team. And right? uh, the Texas Tech coach is now coaching at Texas. We saw when he... When the Longhorns came over to Lubbock, well, that was like a couple of weeks ago. Here's the rematch. And so in Lubbock, they're all around. They're going for blood. Guns up, as they like to say down there. Yeah. And uh, that that's, that's where we're going. I don't know if anyone's going to hate us so fast, but that's where we're going. Surely that will happen quickly. But, uh, yeah, uh, University Mall, you got you got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're remodeling. I think yes, they got some they space are. now. Coming up, who's the number one, number two in BYU history? And he's a champ and perhaps the fastest guy on campus. Dallin Draper joins us in studio to talk about his two MPSF championships over the weekend. This is BYU Sports Nation. He ran over here in 4.5 seconds. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem talks with BYU TV men's volleyball analyst Steve Vale about how he survived brain cancer without missing a single broadcast. That's must-listen podcasting. Check it out. Truly, truly incredible. Yeah. And Steve is such a wonderful asset to our BYU TV team here. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann, great to have you. We feel like we do some things with speed, but nothing compared to our next guest, Dallin Draper, who just won the MPSF Indoor 60-meter and 200-meter championships. Dallin, welcome to the program. Great to have you, man. Thank you. It's nice to meet you guys. Good to have you here. You the fastest dude on campus? Uh, I mean, it's really close. There's a lot of guys in my sprint group that are all right there. Easton Bianchi, Landon Maxfield, Colton Yardley. Pretty much anyone that's a sprinter at BYU is just right there. What about all the sports? Like if we did, like oh, the no, fastest dudes from the football team or something, can they hang? You think? See, I think the sprinters can get the football team mm. in sprinting. That's in what sprinting, you do. In sprinting, yeah. If you have to catch the ball, maybe different. 
See, I I don't have any hands personally, <laughs> but there's some guys on the team that have some great hands. Okay. So so what you're saying is if you were at the four yard line and they kicked it to you, and then there are eleven guys running at you oh, to man. take you out, mm -hmm. that might not end so well. You see, you know, I'd love to try it. You know, I, I'd, be, I'd be a lot of fun. I'd, I'd have a lot of fun playing football. So did you play what? football at all growing up? Yeah, I did. All through all through high school, I played football. I with loved the it. rabbits. With the Delta rabbits. Delta yeah, rabbits. Delta That's rabbits. Right. That's you know. awesome. Uh, when you're sprinting, what's the difference? And you mentioned all, all you guys are fast. So what is the difference that makes you faster than the others or your teammate faster than you? What, okay. what is it to determine who's going to win this race? You know, it's um, we all train so similarly. We all run, like, just as fast as each other. And sometimes it just comes down to who's having a good day. Sometimes it comes down to, like, who's mentally there, who's – you know, put in that mental preparation beforehand, including like visualizing and things like that. Who had Captain Crunch before breakfast? Yeah, I mean, like Wheaties in the morning. Wheaties. That's your choice. Wheaties don't taste good. That's an old. He thing. brought up Wheaties. Yeah, don't I, put Wheaties. Do you still me. eat Wheaties? I eat Wheaties. Yeah. <laughs> you still eat Wheaties? Wow. But you're okay. young, but old school. Yeah, I, I like mean, that. if it yeah. works, it works, right? That's exactly. Yeah. You know. So it's the breakfast of champions, still. I think. Is it still the? Is it? it doesn't yeah. have enough sugar for me. If it's your breakfast, I guess it's still the breakfast of champions. Oh, I appreciate it. Right? Let's get this man guys, an nil for Wheaties. <laughs> hey, Let's go. Wheaties. I love to have an nil. <laughs> I love that before we couldn't talk about anything. Now, now athletes can just say, I want that. Yeah. Give me, me that. Up. That's <laughs> great. I love it. Okay. Walk us through winning the, not only the 60, but also the 200. Mm -hmm. So the 60, we had trials on Friday. And so we went through the trials round. And so the finals came up on Saturday morning and I was honestly feeling a bit sluggish. You know, I was kind of like trying to get in the zone, you know, um, said a quick prayer as you do, you know, before you compete Felt pretty good. My Actually, my glute was kind of tightening up on me, so I felt a little weird about that. But I was able to just focus in and have a good drive phase, a good acceleration phase, and uh, win the 60. And then the 200, kind of a different story. I was super hyped. I was just out of my mind crazy. My teammates could tell you. They were like, Dallin is <laughs> not Dallin today. I was just really excited about it. Um, it was awesome because I was competing with my teammates. You know, um, I think – Places one through four were all BYU guys. So it was me, oh, Jared awesome. Davis, Jace Jensen, and then Easton Bianchi. And so we're all warming up together. We're all just getting pumped. We're all kind of joking around beforehand. And it made it a little lighter. You know what I mean? It made it a little easier to compete. And went out there, ran a personal best. And I think we're all happy about it. I was, I was happy about it for sure. Does that Ice Stone ever tell you how great he is? And was no, he's too humble. He's a humble guy. But he is I know that he's good. Great. Yeah. That's I just wonder if he reminds you. I'll f you take the top four spots, and maybe he goes, "Hey, that's pretty good." Just want you to know. That's, that's nice. That, uh, oh yeah, he's still got the number one this, spot this up there. This. He's got everyone's attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, classic. sixty is so fast. Like mm -hmm. we're used to watching a hundred typically, and out indoor you go sixty. There's sixty hurdles too, by the yeah. way, which is insane. Like, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It's like six seconds. So what's what's the key to like you said being uh, explosive and making sure you're you're winning that race because it is a blink of an eye. Yeah, no. First of all, 60 is awesome because you don't get winded at all. You know, it's the best race in track and field. You're not winded after you run that. Not after the 60. It's just Fine. you know, everyone a couple does. Seconds everyone can do the 60. You can hold your breath. You know, <laughs> I think you know explosive explosiveness training like sled pushes and things like that. We do things like that to prepare for the 60. Um, your start is the most important thing, you know, just exploding out of the blocks and staying low 
and driving and pushing back for as long as you can until you kind of, you know, patiently slowly come up into like your full sprinting, you're up tall. Um, I think as long as you can just maintain that drive and pushing back hard, you can be successful in the 60. All right, let's talk about uh, running for your life on your mission. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of training. It's 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 a, it's a two years. You were 21 months due to COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, but but there's there's a lot that happens on a mission, especially with student athletes. We hear about it all the time. Mm -hmm. For you, there was some running. Yeah. Well, so I mean, in Rio, there was a couple times I had to run, you know, out of necessity. Shout out to Brazil. Shout out to Brazil. We we love it out there. Brazil. But there was actually one time this kid challenged me to a sprint. This little like 17 year old kid didn't have shoes on or anything. You know, he's like, oh, let me. Let me race you. I was like, okay. Come what, out. what kind of deal did you make? Did you have to take the discussions after you? Yeah, I think it was something like that. Okay, like, you have right. to take the discussions. Good. This kid, no shoes on, like smoked me, like totally beat me. What kind of street? Are we, was it like, dirt? Was it uh, no? It was cobblestone. Like pavement. This kid okay, barefoot okay, on the pavement. And had and you had Wheaties that morning? Or I hadn't. He no, didn't no, have no Wheaties, Wheaties in Brazil. Okay. No, right. yeah, I can know that. So I was like devastated. I was like, oh no, like what's gonna happen? You know. But then I ended up racing him again and beating him, and so then he had to listen to us. Nice. That was awesome. That is awesome. But I was kind of nervous for there for a second, you know. Is there a vibe Is there a vibe with the student-athletes on campus of this level of success that has been unprecedented these last couple of years for sure, especially the last nine months with just about every sport? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's awesome. I'm super happy for all the other teams that have been successful, and especially the track team and the cross-country teams, you know, like – they are always out there just competing and showing up and you can just tell that they have like this attitude of we're going to win and like we're the best. And I think that's really important for all teams and all athletes to have. You have to have a, a winning attitude to be successful. You mentioned uh, before we started the segment that last year's theme was rise up, mm -hmm. which is kind of a callback from like 08 mm -hmm. uh, football to show up. Yep. Tell us w about that. Was there a problem with guys not Participation? showing up for meets? Or <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you when you get called under on the four by four, you know, everyone's looking like who's who's running the four by four. No one's showing up, you know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just kidding. But no, show up is uh, is our theme this year because you know we we've put in the work, we've put in the practice, we've just put in the hours, and now it's just time for us to show up and like show the world what we can do as as track athletes, as athletes in general. It's not quest for perfection, so it's no. much better than that. But it's exactly yeah. the same theme in our teachers' quorum. Show up. Show yeah. up on Sunday. Hey, Show up. There, there is, there is uh, something to that, right, of at least being there. But like you said, no, we've put in the work. Now let's go do it. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. How eager are you to run in the Big 12 coming up? Oh, He's that's got the be... shirt on, dude. Yeah, He's ready to go. He's got the shirt. Yeah. No, I am so excited. That's going to be awesome. We run against guys like that often and like when we go to nationals and things like that. But to be in their conference will be so much fun. What's yeah? What's the scene like? Because obviously you're in the MPSF. That's the same league as the men's volleyball team. Mm -hmm. They basically host a bunch of teams in the West, including Pac-12 teams. Yeah. That don't have a conference for that, right? Mm -hmm. So now you join Big 12 indoor and outdoor, I assume, right? Yep, that's right. Awesome. Yeah, and so and you're a freshman. Well, I I kind of don't know what I am, honestly. <laughs> but I'm a sophomore in school. You're a sophomore so in I'm school. A sophomore. Okay, gotcha. Hey, that gives you several more years to run, including in the Big Twelve. That's yeah. pretty exciting. No, I'm very excited about it. Okay, BYU hosts the BYU Invitational coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. You're gonna take it easy. I take it after yep. winning the ship. Take it easy, but there will be lots of guys going fast. So there'll be come others show, to show up. up. Yep. Come, yep. Yep. Come watch. <laughs> eleven fifteen and eleven respectively, if you want to uh, come watch, and then. Uh, NCAA Indoor Championships coming up March 11th and 12th. So good luck. Thank you. Have you qualified for that, I take it? Tell no, me about I that. haven't actually. 
Okay. It's competitive out there. It's competitive. It's crazy. It's hard. Okay. Still showing up. Okay. Hey, it's so Love nice it. to meet you. Yeah, thanks nice to meet coming. you guys. Thank Good you. Good to have you here. Dallin, thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate coming up, the top five number twos in BYU history. And a rising shout out to one of our own headed to New York, not for Broadway. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show, please. Okay, Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing the top five players to wear number two. At BYU. Start us off, Dave. We know Travis is still watching because he's got his own list. Uh, number five, Riley Jensen, the fifth best number two, played BYU softball 2017 to 21. The WCC Co-Freshman of the Year in 2017, four-time first-team All-Conference, 2018 Player of the Year in the Conference, one of the best ever at BYU, who proudly wore number two. She was fantastic. Sports Center top 10 play, making a, a catch in the dugout, I believe, uh, one time, which was amazing. Number four, Travis Hansen. He's probably going to think he's higher on this list. Sorry, Travis. Played for BYU 2000, 2003, transferred over from UBSC, 2003 first team, All Mountain West, co defensive player of the year. Averaged 13 and 5 during his career, 43% from the field, 37% from three. He was one of the early great three point shooters from BYU. Uh, top 40 score in only three seasons. 44 and 1 at the Merritt Center, Dave. Blaine and I called all of those Sports West games, and uh, which is crazy. That's how young Travis is. <laughs> and what uh, yeah. a dominating, dominating player, and so much fun, and 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 what he's done after his career. Uh, sorry, you're number four, but yeah. uh, I know uh, you're number one with your wife. That's what's important. Uh, Elder Eight Mile. Uh, the, and drafted in the NBA. BYU's not had a ton of drafts over the years. Yeah. Shout out to the Hawks. There you go. Shaylee Gonzalez is in at number three. She's been here since 2018. She still has two more seasons after this one due to the COVID year. Uh, led BYU in scoring as a freshman. The WCC Newcomer of the Year in the 2018-19 season. Co-Player of the Year last year. She sat out a year with an ACL. Moved up, sat next to Coach Judkins and coached the team while she was rehabbing. And that kind of opened her eyes to, to a different way to see the game. And this year, as she's on the floor, you can tell that she is, she is traveling her speed. Never too fast, not too slow, dominating at the rim. Uh, player of the year candidate for sure in the league this year at BYU's 23-2, ranked number 19. Outstanding number two right there, Shaylee Gonzalez. She might be a three-time conference player of the year. Like, she's going to win it this year. She may win it again next year. As she should. Number two, Mike Wall played for BYU Men's Volleyball 99-02, was a part of two national championship teams. He really turned it on in 01 when BYU won that championship. Three-time first-team All-MPSF, two-time first-team All-American. 2001 Final Four MVP, fourth all-time in kills, 2016 inducted to the BYU Hall of Fame. And he has played and coached for the USA men's national team as well. Wow. Fantastic. Pretty good. All right, here's number one, the number one, number two of all time at BYU, Cody Hoffman. 2009 to 2013, 260 receptions, 33 touchdowns in his career. That's a school record. First in career receptions, receiving yards, and as mentioned, the touchdowns. 
he could not be defended. And often he had two and three guys defending him. And then he had some breakaway speed that was deceptive. And uh, when, when BYU needed something, they looked for number two. He was a power five receiver in the independent era for BYU. Cody Hoffman wraps up our top five number twos in BYU history. That one right there. Oh, that, Fantastic yeah. against Georgia Tech. And we're throwing, showing a bunch of New Mexico State highlights. You're probably like, what? He had five touchdown catches yeah. in that game. Yeah, that, that takes some time to show. <laughs> yes, but he had some of the most amazing grabs, and that Georgia Tech touchdown might, might have been his Oh, best. over the shoulder. It was amazing. From Taysom Hill, by the way. One of Taysom's great throws. Our question of the day, who's your favorite number two in BYU sports history? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. This is a little bit of uh, Photoshop chicanery here from Johnny Linehan, who puts Ryan Rico, but he blurred out the four in uh, Ryan's jersey number. So... Johnny, again, trying to push the envelope, first it with 4th fourth and 19, and now it's with Ryan Rico, who, to me, uh, was still the best player on the team last year, despite Tyler Rodgers' amazing season. <laughs> Man, that guy can kick. He's going to have a big season coming up. Ryan Rico, number 24. Number, t- yeah, something like that. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. A shout-out to one of our own. Emmy Franks has been here for the last, I don't know, four or five years. As a student, little career news she posts. I'm headed to New York City to work as a soccer broadcast associate for CBS Sports. She's got the uh, Brooklyn Bridge in the background and the hat. She's been here at BYU TV. She's, I, I remember when we interviewed her for the first time to be hired here. She's worked on the Pope Show and kind of the kickoff and, and BYU Sports the Nation. And a ton of things. We're so excited for her. Congratulations to Emmy. That's the big time, and she's earned it, and we wish her the very, very best. Hey, and also a shout-out to the pollsters of the AP. Uh, you can find BYU on the WCC Sports Network on the road games this week. Yeah. We encourage you to watch. Yeah, BYU TV, our, our subscription fee was too high to watch, apparently. <laughs> our thanks to today's guests, Travis Hansen and Dallin Draper. Great to have both of them uh, on the big show for this Tuesday. Dennis, sorry, tomorrow's another day. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shout-out to Luke Andrada. Go Cougs!